about Jesus, the shepherd, in relationship to his sheep. Those sheep are in the shepherd's care. Those sheep are in his hand. Those sheep are in the protected place that he has for them. He feeds them. He guards them. He looks after them. Their water comes from him. Their food comes from him. Everything about the sheep. Sheep are the dumbest critters in God's green earth. They need a lot of looking after. And I think God has a sense of humor when he calls us sheep. Here it comes, friend. of new life Your word, oh God Your word to me Making me all that I need to be Your word, oh God Means the world to me The world to me Good evening, my name is John McKenzie and you're listening to A Word with God and I encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 while we continue to go through a series through all of Romans. We're going through right from the front to the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called The Gospel of Jesus Christ. And the tagline is, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That kind of just says where Paul was at. Exactly. Now, Stan, this is, I consider this to be the official start of summer going on. Yes. There's fireworks going off right yes. now for us and mm-hmm. all kinds of great celebrations going on about Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this is the summer. So what, just for out of curiosity, what plans do you have upcoming for the summer for yourself? I'm going to be in Stainer speaking at family camp the first week of August. Okay. And uh, I'm going to be at Harvest Bible Chapel in Barrie the third week of July. And, um, yeah, just a lot of great things going on and looking forward to uh, spending some time outside of the church. Nice. So now for Stainer, that's Stainer Bible Camp? Yes, it is. If people wanted to come, I guess they probably still could as well. Uh, Yes, you just uh, look up on the web. uh, S-T-A-Y-N-E-R. Yeah. Right, Stainer? Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at that place. looks pretty nice. Yeah. You're going to be there too. I think so. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> so that's good. So now in terms of uh, going going back to Romans, because that's the book of the Bible we're going through right now, Yes. And Romans chapter 8, uh, one thing I like that you put in here uh, and I wanted to ask you about, is repetition good for teaching? Yes, it is. Okay, because you go through... <laughs> you go through repetition pretty regular with people. <laughs> and I always think, yes. you know, it's good, it's good to go through that. Sometimes, you know, God mm-hmm. calls us sheep mm-hmm. and it's good for sheep to remember things because we can forget things pretty easy. Absolutely, so I, which I'm, we were talking about earlier tonight. Yeah, the propensity exactly. of men to forget things. Yes, I, yeah, not yeah. us. No, other yes, men. no, no, me. No, I forget things. And and if my wife is listening right now, I like to apologize for forgetting whatever I forgot tonight okay. while she's listening to the program. I'm sure future tense next week she'll I'll forget something. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so the the nail of this particular message uh, for this evening is the resurrection power. Uh, is at your disposal. Yeah. So uh, maybe you can kind of give us a brief in terms of what resurrection power means. It's 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 a pretty big term. Right. It's it's what happened uh, after Jesus died and was buried and uh, and came back to life, 
and the and that when he left, they were sending what the him and the Father were sending the Holy Spirit mm. empower us to enter into our lives. In fact, Romans talks about a new nature that you get when you come to the cross and your old nature. Uh, your old self is is re- it's like a, an upgrade, okay. And uh, so there's a, I wish wish we could get an upgrade that was faster, but uh, <laughs> sometimes the upgrade is slower than others. But there is uh, this opening of a new nature and the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and, and I guess that's kind of church words, but the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in your life and now begins to empower you to be the man or the woman that God really created you to be. And so because Jesus, and we talked about this, he died, I died, he was buried, I was was buried, buried, he was raised in newness of life. Now I am being raised in newness of life. And that's part of the being raised in newness of life is this resurrection power that's now available. I used to have to sin. I used to have to do I mean, whatever my flesh wanted, whatever the enemy put in my path, I sinned because I was by nature a sinner. Okay. Now I am by nature a child of God, and I now have a choice in front of me, and uh, I do not have to sin. Does that mean it's not hard to not sin? Yeah, sometimes it's very hard not to sin. But there's something else at work. There's a new power source in my life now empowering me to do what's righteous. Wow, there's a lot in there. Well, and and because you're talking about the Holy Spirit in this, Mm -hmm. and going to the church at that time, Romans, or sorry, the Jews that were in the church Mm -hmm. in Rome, they probably would have, this would be completely new to them and hard maybe for them to uh, Mm -hmm. take in. Yeah. You know, ch- ch- people people are resistant to change. Yeah. The Gentiles would have just gone, okay, gotcha. So there's a newness of life. All right. Well, this is brand new. Everything's brand new yeah. to me. I'm more accepting yeah. accepting of this because I'm I'm changing anyways from what I was. <laughs> right. You know. So hey, I'm already in. I'm already in. You know the yeah. kind of that flow of change. Yeah. That's that's a good insight, John. And on, and add to that though, there was they did know about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, because I mean this whole idea of the prophetic going on, uh, miracles being uh, performed. I mean Elijah, Elisha, Moses certainly I mean like just like there's really nobody like Moses when it comes to miracles. But but it was it was come and go, come and go, and yeah. now, and that's the whole point that Jesus was, gonna, was saying. There is now a companion, not just there when you need. Uh, I mean, it's like my son right now is in the hospital. He just had a uh, gallbladder out, and 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 he's got these these pain meds, and he just keeps clicking the button, and so when he needs it, it's there, and it's but like the Holy Spirit's not like that. The Holy Spirit now, in the Old Testament, he was like that. When he was needed, right. he showed up. But now you have a companion who's mm. constantly beside you, who's constantly with you no matter what's going on, no matter what's going down. Uh, he is there. He's present, and he's not going to leave you. So, okay, so going back to this here, when it comes to Christians today, they've got the Holy Spirit, and they've got the full word of God, the Bible, mm-hmm. available to them. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but when it comes to sin, it doesn't really sound like we have a lot of excuses to sin compared to, we'll say, you know, pre-Moses. 
Yeah. As an example. Yeah. You know I mean? Now they now they had yeah. miracles. They had a whole mm-hmm. bunch of you know, yeah. hey, wo- you know, water separate. You yeah. know, let's go through mm-hmm. this. You know, mm-hmm. and and you kind of think to yourself. The funny thing is, mm-hmm. you look at that and you go, how could you not believe in a in a strong and powerful mm-hmm. God? Mm-hmm. And they still wouldn't, right? Now right. today we've got the Bible, we've got the Holy Spirit, and you mm-hmm. can say they. I'm, I'm sure they would say. You've got all that. How could you do any? How could you not believe? How could you fall away from things? Hmm. Yeah. The, there's part of us that um, is constantly rationalizing away the things of God. Um, we were taught that, you know, f- uh, part of it through the scientific method. If I can't taste it, touch it, feel mm-hmm. it, smell it, hear it, I mean, it obviously doesn't. It, there's more to life than that and I've been in some really interesting conversations with people who would push against that but the the reality is there's part of us I mean we pray for a job and we get the job and then we kind of marvel at what a wonderful resume we put together Um, so you know those those that tension is there well this is going to be a really interesting sermon we actually have three uh, weeks of going through this particular message so uh, look forward to going through it let's let's get started in Father, we go through some weeks sometimes that don't uh, have a lot of peace in them, Uh, and so we give it to you. We thank you for your love, Father, that has seen us through another week, and encourage you to uh, be thinking through and uh, walking through the scriptures as you you read. Sometimes it's good just to jot. I, I do at the top of the page, what's on this page, like I'll, you know, God's, God's love for me, and some do it with colors, and so they would um, highlight, they're teasing me in the back, they said, they, you know, you must like everything in the Bible, but for me, I, I, I highlight what I've preached, so I kind of know where have I been. It helps me keep track of, you know, did I teach that back in 19, well, I don't have to worry about that, because it's, it's been colored in, and that's what mine does. But you can also, I mean, some have salvation verses in a color. Some have verses of assurance, God's love for them in a color. But however, you know, if your Bible needs to be personal and how you interact with God. doesn't sit on a shelf. doesn't kind of sit at the side through the week. It's a part of your life. It's a part of your daily routine, your daily walk with God. And so I would encourage you to interact with your Bible The content is holy. The pages are paper. The words are ink. We worship the God of the word, not the word. Some people do that. They put it up on a shelf in their house, and it's kind of like in this special place. It needs to be in a special place in your heart. It needs to have command and control over you. That's why God gave it. And so uh, as we walk through this, this is going to go through this really quickly today because this is um, this repetition is the learning tool. You go, I can go through this every week. Well, I'm hoping that at some point things are going to stick. God loves you. doesn't matter where you're at, what's going on. God loves you. God has a place for you. Do we need to turn the heat up, girl? Is it cool in here? Maybe just knock at a couple of degrees. A couple of degrees and... Um, up, up, up. <laughs> She's about ready to throw something at you. God loves you. There's a place for you. It's called the church. 
It's imperfect, and in some days it sucks, okay? Just like all for truth and reality, but it's like family. It's what we got. And Jesus said it was enough, and Jesus said that it's supposed to be going someplace, and we need to be on the train. And that's in part of a body, being part of a body. So God loves you. He has a place for you. People are walking away from God. That's the general state of humanity, walking away. In fact, if you walk away long enough, you'll end up in depravity. In fact, in one sense, we begin depraved, and uh, it doesn't get any better. Integrity is the goal. That's where God wants to take you. And for that, he wants to change your attitude towards sin in your life. Sin is not your friend. It's like the big old dog. When I was a, a boy, we had this white German shepherd at the place behind my grandmother's, and that thing would snarl and snot and snap. It was not my friend. You did not go play with the German shepherd. I, I mean, it had a chain that makes yours look kind of puny, Kirk. It's just, I mean, it was, they had it on a big old chain, and that thing was just like it was meaner than sin. Sin is not your friend. I hope you got that. There's a path towards God, and that's through faith, and it's in through Jesus Christ. And, and uh, he's been planning your salvation from before time began. You are not an afterthought. You are not something that God's, well, I wonder what I'm going to do with Mark. No, God's known all about from the beginning of time. He's known what his, he, he's going to be and what he's going to be like and all the things he knew about. To, he knew about all the things, and he had plans for you. You're not a new concept to God. You've been there for a long time. I have hope and assurance in Jesus, and you're part of this great exchange that's in Jesus. He lives in you. He's put his spirit in you. And it's through the power of the spirit that you live. He wants grace to reign and rule in your heart. And, and your choices in life are going to define who you are. They will speak louder than your words about who you follow and what you're about. And then we saw last week that the law no longer is our master. Last week we talked about some things, about this war of the flesh, that you are the things, the things that you want to do, the things that you don't want to do. There are two me's. We talked about the two me's and live simultaneously within us. There's the me that loves God, and there's the me that loves self. There's the me that wants my way, that wants my things. There's the me that loves God and wants his things. And there's a royal battle. And we talked about real estate, that Jesus' name was on the lease. In fact, his name is on the mortgage if you are a follower of him. And your goal in life, what he's given you to do, is to bring the old nature under control so that you surrender less and less room to him, that he has less and less opportunity in your life, that he actually ends up in the closet someday, and he says, man, I haven't got hardly any room to move because God is operating so strongly in the new nature in this person's life. I'm backed into this closet, and, and, and I'm fighting mad about it. And that's the goal that God wants is this through love and his spirit that he is now going to put sin in its proper place in your life. Is it gone? No, it's there. But it doesn't have run of the whole place. It doesn't have run of all the real estate. My poor dog doesn't have run of the whole house anymore. Mark, he's got some marks on this brand new couch. And I got his pause clip. But when we're gone, we've got pillows piled on it. I think the dog sleeps on top of the pillows. And, and 
His real estate in the house has been diminished to the basement room. And he cries and complains. I mean, that's just a picture of sin in your life. God wants to relegate it to the basement. He wants less real estate given over to serving sin and serving self. And he wants more and more control of your life. And uh, you can't get rid of him. But you want to limit his access. So the nail today, if we were to kind of boil this all down, is that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is at your disposal. Now, I love power. I love power in trucks. I love power. I mean, the more gasoline that flows through and the more smoke that comes out behind and the more something, like it's just something about having a truck that makes the ground shake. I like that. There's something cool about that. God has power for your life. And it is beyond anything that you could imagine. You take all of the fusion power of the world and all of the power going over Niagara Falls, everything generated is nothing compared to the power that God has at your hands for you to tap into and have access to. And that's this resurrection power, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it. But the first thing I want to talk about in the first eight verses is that you've been pronounced dead. Hi, I'm Stan, your teacher at A Word With God. I hope you've been enjoying our series in the book of Romans. And if it's kind of piqued your interest about becoming a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're just interested in checking out church another time, uh, we would invite you to join us at Evangel Community Church in Kitchener, Ontario. John, why don't you tell folks how to find us? Yeah, we're at uh, 112 Spadina Road West here in Kitchener. And we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 11.15. Love to see you come out for that. I hope that's not a shock to you. If you are a follower of Jesus, you've been pronounced dead. I don't know how that works. I, I'm kind of waiting to see when I die. I don't know if you kind of come up and you see what's going on. I don't know if it's instantaneous like this and you're just in heaven and you're not there. I think it'd be kind of cool to see people kind of gather around you and, and just like, they don't look like they're crying very hard. I don't know, you know, like, I don't know. I, maybe they're glad I'm gone. However it happens, for the believer of Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, your death has already been proclaimed. And that is amazing. That's an astonishing fact. Therefore, because this is true, well, what's true? that Jesus' name is on the lease, that your new nature is, is, is now this walk of obedience, and because the old nature is limited, the things that we talked about last week. Therefore, because those things are true, there is now, present time, in your life today, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no judgment. There's no sentence that can be passed. You can't pass sentence on a dead person. You could say that they're guilty, or you could say, but I can't carry out the sentence when I'm in a coffin. Just not going to happen. And that's what he's picking up here. And, uh, and then for those who are in Christ Jesus, I kind of wondered, well, what does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? I think the greatest place that Jesus talks about that is, is in John chapter 10. You all remember that, which is the Good Shepherd's passage in John. And he talks about Jesus, the shepherd, in relationship to his sheep. 
Those sheep are in the shepherd's care. Those sheep are in his hand. Those sheep are in the protected place that he has for them. He feeds them. He guards them. He looks after them. Their water comes from him. Their food comes from him. Everything about the sheep. Sheep are the dumbest critters in God's green earth. They need a lot of looking after. And I think God has a sense of humor when he calls us sheep. Now, if you're outside of the family, he calls you goats. I, there's not a lot of difference. We all need God. He loves you. He cares about you. And he wants you to be in Jesus. And so if you are a follower of his, it means that Jesus, if it, means, uh, it means that Jesus, you trust him for your provision to be in him. To be in him, you trust him for your protection. To be in him, you trust him that you are his possession. You are his sheep. You know his voice. You hear his voice. You are submissive to him. It's not that, that you hold on to him. He is holding on to you. If we have a toddler and we go cry, you look after little ones. You don't put your finger on. Let the toddler hold your finger and cross a four-lane highway. You grab the toddler's hand. The one who has the ability to hold on to is the one who holds. God holds on to you because you do not have the ability to hold on to him. He knows that. He understands that. And if you're in Jesus... He has a hold of you. He has possession of you. What if I'm not in Jesus? I put down here, I, I can try to do it myself, but I can't do it. She says, you can't. You can't hold on. I can, I can do what I want then, but it brings death. He won't hurt me. He loves me. He holds on to me. He cares for me. Verse 2, 4. So there's no condemnation. For because the law of the Spirit of Christ in Jesus has set you free. Those rules that govern how life work. And they come from the Spirit of life, from the Holy Spirit. And, and they're rooted in Jesus. Jesus is the source of this life. It's located in him. You are in him, and that's where it comes from. It results in some things. Results that you've been set free. You've been set free from the law. The law of sin, and the result of that law is death. Now, I used to love, along with power, I like speed. If I have a speeding problem, my sin is speeding, and it has a consequence, Lenora, and that is a ticket. And I, I've told you this before, but my worst ticket, the first year we were married in 1978, was $600 for going 130 mile an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. $600 back then was a big ticket. That was more than I was making about 125 a week. Lori was making about 90 a week. That's a lot of week's wages. Sin, speeding, the consequence could have been death, wasn't, was a ticket. Sin is the problem. Death is the consequence. 
Verse 3, here's a limitation that's expressed. For what the law could not do, because it was weak, you know, the law didn't keep me from speeding. The sign didn't come up and stop my car. Eventually, an officer said, I've been, tra- I've been trailing you for the last 15 miles, and I finally caught you. He had something to do with it, but it did not keep me from sinning. $600 ticket slowed me down a bit, but I've got to confess, confess I have sinned again and I have speeded once or twice in my life. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do, weak as it was, God did. God is not weak. God is not held back. God is not deterred. God is not detained. God enters in, and he has some things that he is going to do, and he's a part of. How did he do this? Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was not sinful, does not say that. He said he was in the likeness of flesh. He means he was packaged like you and me. He came flesh and bone, born of a virgin, as a baby in a manger, and grew and lived and scraped his knee and cried and had the snuffles and all the things that you and I experience in life came upon him. Scripture says later, yet without sin. That boggles my mind. That the creator of the universe, Philippians chapter 2, came down and got packaged up like you and me. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with package some days, you know what I mean? The older you get, the more frustrated you'll get with the package. Okay, so if I understand this correctly, Stan, the resurrection power is important. Absolutely. <laughs> Critical. <laughs> essential. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. And, and again, you know what? Throughout the next two weeks mm-hmm. past this message, I, and I definitely encourage people who have listened to the first part of this message to hear the other two parts of this because it's, it's an important message to listen to when it comes to resurrection, resurrection power and really what the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. there for mm-hmm. um, to come out for that. So yeah. definitely uh, you know, tune in for the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks and, and really catch this part. And again, we're continuing mm-hmm. through Romans for, well, it's going to be a while now. It's going to be yeah, a we're while. We're going to be going through it. So love to, love to have you here with us. Uh, As always, remember, don't end your day without a word with God, and look forward to seeing you next week.